Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin AC, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune. I'm in Peoria, Arizona. Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune. Jay, how are you today? How's San Diego? Kevin, San Diego's great as usual. It's the day after election day. Everybody trying to figure out what happened. But more importantly, I'm just curious. Are there any banners flying yet in Peoria? <laughs> I mean... Eight, nine and one have won eight in a row. Now I we are taping you... this before. We'll let people know. We are taping this before Wednesday's game. So we don't know what happened today. But, I mean, we're just going to assume that the Padres won because that, oh. that's just what they do. I mean, they win baseball games. That's it. <laughs> you know, spring training, I bet you that, and I didn't ask anybody, but I bet you nine out of ten of these guys don't even know how many they've won in a row. Oh, uh, I, I would, yeah, first off, no, I'm sure that's probably, first that's off, probably true. Most of them aren't even there at the end of the game. Exactly. <laughs> that's, uh, if you were a starter... Unless you were a minor leaguer or for some other reason you just wanted to stick around because you haven't seen enough baseball and don't think that <laughs> the 192 games that are left uh, that you're going to see enough baseball, then then you're gone in the fifth inning or after the fifth inning. Uh, I will say we're, we're getting to the point here where guys are going to play more. Uh, the wins, losses, and the chuckles uh, aside, and, and with the caveat that spring training statistics are meaningless. Pitchers are working on things, primarily fastball command. Heck, hitters are working on things, and you really don't ever know what they are. But um, the pitchers are throwing strikes, and they're not allowing runs. And the hitters are putting the ball in play. There have been a couple games in particular where even if it was by an error or you know a, a, an error and then a couple base hits, they weren't strikeouts. And you know what? I guess that's really all they can do. And it's better than saying, oh my gosh, the Butters are striking out all the time. Like we've been saying the last five or six regular seasons. <laughs> right, right. So, no, I mean, it's, 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 all, it's all in fun and, you know, I think the season is still, what, three weeks away from tomorrow, I think, is opening day. So just think, Kevin, you have almost three more weeks still in Arizona. Yes. Uh, oh. Hope the tan is nice and nice and strong for, uh, for down I'm there. I'm looking but forward to the regular season because I feel like more than the past couple of years, just because I want to see. I mean, I want right. to see what happens. What it was, you know, I'm, I'm assuming Tommy Pham is starting in left field. I want to see that. I want to see him in the lineup every day. Trent Grisham having a great spring. Heck, I, of course, want to start one more cycle of the how will Will Myers do train. <laughs> There's uh, just so. not enough Will Myers. <laughs> <laughs> the guy everybody wants to see, you wrote about him today, Mackenzie Gore. Probably the best pitching prospect in all of baseball. Seems like certainly the best left-handed prospect. I can't think of another one off the top of my head that's rated any higher. I've seen him anywhere from like number three to number eight in everybody's top 100s of, of all the prospects in Major League Baseball. He is going to make his, I, I guess you call it, what, his big league Cactus League debut tomorrow? <laughs> or I, how do you even phrase that? But his spring debut. Spring debut yes. for, the, for the Padres tomorrow. Unfortunately, I don't think the game's on TV in San Diego, but uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of clips circulating about. So, Kevin, give us a little bit on Mackenzie Gore 
and and maybe a quick little summary of the the anecdote that you started your story with today, which I which I read yesterday, obviously when you filed the story, but I I loved even seeing it again today. Well, I've been holding on to this for for a couple of years, and then uh, talked you know obviously in the, in the last week or so uh, to people about the time that Mackenzie Gore faced Fernando Tatis Jr. in this prospect game that is held in in secret. Uh, just members of the Padres front office player development uh, staff, you know, the minor league coaches, and it's the top prospects, and they, they face each other. You call it an inter-squad game, and it was the day that the Padres were leaving, and I was about to uh, get on a plane for El Paso. They were going to play the Chihuahuas before the 2018 season, and everybody else in the organization is watching this inter-squad game, and Tatis and Gore and everybody's excited, right? They're both 19 years old. These are the guys, man, in the future, right? So it's 2018. They're thinking, oh, man, 2020, 2021. It's going to be great. These guys on our team. And Mackenzie Gore, first pitch, fastball, like 96, 97, knocks Tatis to his butt. Tatis is mad. He gets up barking. And uh, Gore... May or may not, he definitely stared him down by all accounts. He may or may not had some choice words back for, for, for Fernando Tatis. I couldn't quite uh, confirm that. But regardless, everyone that I talked to over the past couple of years about this was like, yep, that was the moment. I mean, we saw it the first day he was here. Just everything about him, athleticism, stuff, uh, velocity, his inquisitiveness, all that stuff. But then... Get him in that moment where he knew everybody was watching and he's going against Fernando Tatis Jr., about to be the number one prospect in the game. And it's like, you look, sucker, this is what's going to happen if you try to crowd me. Right. Uh, and you saw a lot of big league pitchers do it to Tatis last year. And here was a 19-year-old doing it. And since then, that's about what they've seen, uh, is a guy who is absolutely uh, relentless and who has what is extremely rare. Uh, and I look, we haven't seen him. We haven't seen him against big leaguers. But what they call four plus pitches, as in, if one's not working, he's got three others to go to. And they have yet to see a game where all of them are working. But in the bullpen, they've seen them all work, and they say, "Man, this guy, he's just got it." And that he is Chris Paddock plus. If he if he is Chris Paddock, then I think the uh, the Padres should be fairly excited about the next uh, couple of years when uh, you know Mackenzie Gore he's not going to start obviously he's coming up uh, he's coming out of the bullpen here there's three weeks left in uh, uh, spring training as you mentioned he's going to start in uh, the minors but they fully expect it would be a shock I guess you know maybe if the Padres are you know fighting for a wild card spot at the end of the season. Maybe Mackenzie Gore would not come up, but it'd be a, a shock at this point to everybody if Mackenzie Gore is not in the majors this year. Right, and plus there's you don't have the absurd expanded rosters in September. I think it's yep. only you're only adding two or three people. Is it three guys or four or something like that in uh, three in September? Mm-hmm. So you you don't have the ability. actually it's two, isn't it? Because they're already right. twenty six yeah. for the whole season. So it's twenty eight, <laughs> twenty six to twenty eight. So. Yeah. We don't know if that'll uh, impact that, uh, bringing up some guys like that. But, of course, the Padres hope, you know, and maybe who knows? I mean, they may need a, a guy to start a game in, sure. in September, even if they're in contention and, and if he's mm-hmm. had a good season and hasn't thrown too many innings and all that. But I, I just thought that was interesting. I also liked what Gore said about unearned runs. He's never given up an unearned run in the minors, which is just unbelievable. There's got to be some luck involved in that, too. I mean, a guy could make sure. a – you could have a runner on third with two outs and a guy makes a throwing error and there's nothing Gore could could do about it. But he's never had an unearned run scored against him. And and I, what was his quote to you about it, it's a run? Who cares whether it's It's a run. run. Yeah. 
It's a run. It's very simple to Mackenzie Gore. I mean, a really nice kid. He really is. But it's uh, unlike Chris Paddock, who will take you through every decision that he makes, uh, you know, through the course of a game. And right. then also the four previous days that he was preparing. Um, you know, Mackenzie Gore uh, is, is pretty much the opposite of that. But, uh, but that kind of also tells you all you need to know about him. So I think it is very exciting. I don't know if we can express enough how much, like, look, the Potters are very wary of touting their prospects too much. They have been since it became a thing, right? Right, Where right. everybody was like, but there's two guys that they absolutely have not like shied away. They, they expect all-star status from Mackenzie Gore and Luis Patino. And, and so, wow, to me, that has always meant something. It, uh, it, it speaks to what these guys have you, uh, in the Futures game last year. You know, Luis Patino evidently knew when the Futures game was at the start and where it was at the start of last season. I mean, he re- that was big to him. Uh-huh. His family flew up, and, uh, and he did really well. And so did Mackenzie Gore in that. And, and you see, uh, you know, young kids do come up big in big moments. And and to me, over the course of these whatever almost thirty years of covering uh, pro sports, that's that's a hallmark of guys that are going to do well. Right. And and this year the game is in L.A., so I'm sure that. The Padres would certainly be excited about having guys, you know, pitching, pitching right here, and even fans that might, you know, from from here that might go up and and see that game. And we should say, Patino is supposed to pitch on Wednesday. Obviously, when most of you are hearing this, uh, we won't know what what happened, but uh, we'll just assume he threw a scoreless inning and I don't know, struck out the side on eleven pitches or something. There, I'll I'll say uh, that. I think the one other thing about Gore and that story about Tatis is that was his first spring training. I mean, he had just been drafted mm-hmm. in, in June and, and that was his first time, you know, facing any of these guys, whether it was uh, a, a top prospect like Tatis or, or who else. And uh, obviously was, was there to show that he, he wasn't going to be uh, intimidated by anybody. So that was, uh, you can, everybody can obviously read that story either in, in the paper or online. So pitching, you mentioned Paddock. He had another good outing this week. Three innings. I think he was the first guy to go three innings, wasn't he? He was. And and what I loved about it is, for, again, spring training, he threw nine curveballs and 42 pitches. Uh, I went through, and he had 26 starts last year, and that's more curveballs than he threw in 14 of them. So... Yeah, so, so he's he obviously there's been a lot of talk about what he's worked on with the curveball, trying to make it harder and sharper, and you know, in all sorts of situations, and still. He, and he got some bad luck, a bloop single. I thought he got squeezed on a pitch. These are things that are going to happen in a game, and he still got through those three innings and 42 pitches, and that is another hallmark of, of, a, of an ace. Wasn't his sharpest, wasn't using his best stuff. Like in a season, maybe your best stuff isn't working, and you have to go to another pitch. So this was on purpose, mm-hmm. but and still pretty decent lineup. He made Tim Anderson, the reigning AL champion, uh, tied him up uh, on a fastball. It was it was a really really promising outing, uh, which I guess is sort of uh, the next time that I see Chris have a bad spring training outing. I guess that'll be a shock. Right, right, and and I mean I think those moments are kind of what you look for a little bit, and and someone uh-huh. someone like Tim, you know, facing someone like Tim Anderson as opposed to you know facing a guy who's who's battling for the twenty sixth spot on the roster, or or might even you know be just a double A player or something like that. I think and. You know, it's like facing the Angels and uh, and and seeing yes. their top line, you know, guys that are that are playing. You kind of have to judge that. I, there hasn't been much talk about this, uh, Kevin. So we might as well I might as well ask you here because I don't even think I've asked you in all of our many other 
text and email and phone conversations. Is Chris Paddock going to be the opening day starter? He is the presumptive. As a matter of fact, I am writing something, uh, a note for tomorrow. I think that's the word that I use. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. Uh, he's I, I the like presumptive yeah. opening day starter there. You know, right now you can't start counting uh, because they're moving everybody around and all that. But I'm going to expect here in the next week or so that they're going to start lining these guys up. And I, I honestly don't see any reason, like, why would he not be? Right. You have five right. off days in April. It seems to me that you can maneuver however you want to make sure that everybody's rested. I believe I wrote uh, a few weeks ago that only like two starts the whole month would have to be made on four days rest or something, you know, because they just have all those off days. There's the two built around Mexico City series. There would seem to me to be zero reason he's earned it. And so unless there's something I'm not thinking about, people haven't told me, then I'm going Chris Paddock on March 26th against the Rockies. Yeah, there's, I mean, the season starts actually with seven straight games. So you're going to... So someone will, <clears throat> two guys will have to go there. Right. Okay. And, and then there's... And then like after that, it's like, I well, think five in a row? No, it's, it's actually the, six in a six? row. Yeah. Okay. So whoever pitches on the third would have to pitch on the eighth. And, and then later, yeah. after, after the Mexico trip, that's when uh, they have a bunch yes. of games in a row and, and guys will have to pitch more on sort of what you know what you'd call regular rest yeah the two other guys that are coming off Tommy John surgery uh, although more recently than than Paddock's you had a story on that in Sunday's paper but then they pitched as well Denelson Lamette and mm-hmm. Garrett and Garrett Richards I saw some of Lamette's outing it happened to be on and I, I thought he looked like Denelson Lamette I mean he was throwing very well put he was on the Reds uh, the that was the Reds broadcast I believe on Saturday Yes. And they were saying that, you know, he was throwing 98. Didn't always, wasn't always have, having great command, but again, it was his first start. What'd you think of Lamette? And what'd you think, uh, even more importantly, of Garrett Richards? Well, I, thought, I thought you said it. I mean, Lamette was Lamette. And if you've been watching him, then you go, wow, that's a really good pitcher. Oh, okay. Well, there's a walk. Okay. Uh huh. Let that pitch get away. Whatever. That's Nelson Lamette. And it was the first start. Now, Garrett Richards who had three starts last year and really, you know, it was, what, eight and two-thirds innings. He's uh, coming back 14 months out of uh, uh, Tommy John surgery last year. And you saw promise. You saw, okay, well, yeah, that looks like sort of like Garrett Richards was for the Angels back in, like, 14, 15, 16. Okay, well, we'll see. And then he had the offseason, put on 20 pounds. I'm telling you yesterday, that guy was sharp. That, if if... If the Garrett, if that was Garrett Richards' first start, and that is indicative of his fastball command and the movement on that slider, then I think the Padres got their money's worth. And when I say that, I mean fifteen and a half million for two years, and really it was fifteen and a half million for one year uh, of Garrett Richards. And um, you know, again, I said if. Uh, yeah, they got their money's worth if he can stay healthy, yeah. which is, of course, right. you could say that about basically anybody, but there's, you have to say it a little more about a guy coming off, uh, coming out of what he's yeah. been coming out of. But, but no, I mean, that, that would certainly be encouraging for the, uh, for the Padres if they could get anything close to what Garrett Richards was, uh, you know, in, I, I guess, I don't know if you want to say his prime or in pre, cause he, I guess he could still be in his prime if he's healthy. Um, I mean, he's only, th- what is he? 31. Uh, yeah, and he's thrown like 110 innings in the last, uh, you know, four seasons yeah, or something. So. And, you know, it was the elbow. Uh, and there were some other things that were attached. You know, you get the elbow and you're trying to pitch through that. You got to get little biceps, uh, you know, stuff. You get a little uh, shoulder stuff. And, and he's healthy for the first time. But, yeah, you know, there's got to be an if on it for sure. Right. 
All right, let's talk about someone that I never in a million years would have imagined bringing up on a on a podcast. Abraham Almonte. <laughs> I mean, this guy is I don't even know if journey I guess journeyman is kind of the word for him. He, you know, he can play the positions in the outfield. He's not much of an offensive player if you look at his his career numbers. I think his, I think I looked the other day is his uh, OPS plus was like 82 or something like that. So, you know, below average offensive player. He can play he can play some defense. But all of a sudden, this guy has gone crazy in the spring. Hits a grand slam yesterday. Is this and but you and you also wrote about him. This seems like a pretty good insurance policy basically for the Padres to have is sort of a veteran outfielder who if, you know, all the things go wrong and, you know, Will Myers turns back into the Will Myers we've seen too much of and, you know, Franchi Cordero gets hurt and Tommy Pham's elbow's bad, all, all this stuff. They have a guy that they can call up who's at least serviceable, right? Right. He, he evidently finished really strong, and you don't know heck. I mean, I know that the, the Diamondbacks were sort of kind of still playing in, Arizona, or in September, yeah, but right. he got called up last year uh, in September. You don't know who he was facing or whatever, but like, I think he had like a 450 on base percentage. Um, the guy's been around forever. He was a part of the uh, Dominican team that won the Caribbean World Series. He He's played what, I think it's uh, five teams in the last seven seasons, including the Padres for parts of what, 14 and 15. He knows baseball. He's a great guy. And you know what? They're not, as of now, like the greatest defensive outfield. Uh, he can be, I'm not saying that he is a, uh, you know, a Travis Jankowski or something, but he can be a defensive replacement. Um, and, you know, it's different than, oh, hey, it's the end of May and we need outfielder Josh Naylor. Yeah, he's still developing. He probably should still be in AAA, but we're going to bring him up and play him in the majors. If you're trying to win, then you've got a veteran guy who you hope, you know, really knows the game and you can put in certain situations. And, and so maybe that, maybe that is a positive. I, I do think it's a long shot at this point, especially if Naylor uh, is, is healthy, if Cordero's healthy, if, if, you know, if they're showing that they are playing at a major league level, I think it's a real long shot for him to make the team, but it's certainly not impossible. And if he keeps playing like this, well, I mean, Jay Stingler does seem legitimately into competition. And uh-huh. to, you know, making it a real thing. And if, if Abraham Almonte is doing all the right things, I think it's impossible he can make the team. But I'm really thinking that he's an insurance policy out of AAA. Right, right. And I, I, I know you didn't mention Ligaris either, who's, uh, you know, we, we talked about. A heck of a fielder. Right. We talked about last week as a, as a really good defensive player who could be sort of that fifth outfielder because he could be what they imagined Jankowski was going to be until he got hurt last uh, last spring, I guess it was. I guess the other thing I wanted to ask you about was we talked last week about second base and the outfield. Anything new to bring up in in those situations? Anything new with Tommy Pham? Is everything still from what they're saying still on track in terms of you know when when is he going to throw? When are we going to see him in the field? That sort of thing. Supposedly, it is all on track. He's up to 125 feet. I'll have a little note tomorrow. Needs to get up to about 200 feet uh, full throwing to get cleared to play. They're still believing that the middle of March is realistic and that that will be that that's their timeline. That mm-hmm. it's realistic for him to be ready for to play left field for uh, the start of the season, which obviously he does because unlike last year where he could finish the season largely as a designated hitter, he cannot do that here. So. You know, this is a huge deal. 
Uh, and not because there's like worry, but because it's a huge deal because it's Tommy Pham and he's a big part of what they're expecting to do. Right now, when I talked to Tommy yesterday, very upset at his swing. Uh, and so mm-hmm. he's in there DHing again today. By the time you listen to this, we'll know what he did. Uh, so he's, he's primarily focused on that now and he legitimately didn't seem uh, concerned uh, about the arm. He says that it's uh, been feeling well and, and zero setbacks. Well, it makes sense that he'd be more worried about the offense anyway. I mean, I, I think yeah. in terms of a guy like him going out to play, going out to play left field, and if he has just a week or, I mean, if he has almost no time in spring training playing in the outfield, I doubt it's a big deal. It's We're not talking a pitcher here who needs yeah. to build himself up or anything like that. I mean, there could be games where he doesn't even have to make, you know, more than a few token throws into the uh, – uh, into the outf- into the infield, although I, I yes. would think teams are going to test him at, sure. the, at the beginning just to just to see what he's got. Um, I guess you know most of what we've talked about today has been has been positive, and and it's been a pretty positive spring for these guys. Sure. Uh, any concerns that are developed that have developed uh, at this point? Anything that that Tingler or Preller or anybody else that you that you talk with might be sort of keeping an eye on and it's kind of like, boy, what, you know, what are we doing well, here? Really do just, we have, do we have any plans for this? That kind of thing. You know, it's really just the questions, you know, there's just, there's just too many. I mean, you're going to always have Will Myers hanging there. You got uh, Tommy Pham again, not going to uh, make that a thing, but he has not played left field yet. So we got to watch that. Um, Eric Hosmer, I'm telling you, he's a completely different fielder. Uh, there's a play he made yesterday, just go watch it, where he swipes at it last year and, and every other year before that, and yesterday fielded it like you'd teach your eight-year-old. Um, and so that's, that's nice. Now what's he going to do with the play? Okay, that's, that's always a question. It's a question on the team's mind, and, you know, they really need Eric Hosmer to be the guy that, that, that they paid for. $20 million isn't, you know, what it used to be. Um, but it still, <laughs> they, they committed a lot to Eric Hosmer, but, but, and then Jose Castillo might not be ready for the start of the season. Mm-hmm. And you, so then you're going, all right, well, Gerardo Reyes needs to be ready for the start of the season or, you know, somebody like that. So, but other than that, everything's going along as it should. Brian Dozier, the first couple of days, you were like, uh, is that, is that lost bat speed? Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, Brian Dozier, you know, just hadn't been with the team or, or playing yet. Now, you know, he actually looks like a guy who could uh, be split time with Garcia. Though I will say that Profar hasn't, you know, made a had a bad spring. So that's a real legit competition there at second base. Right. All right. Well, I think that's, that's about uh, it, Jay. That's about it from uh, from here as well. And uh, got a few more games coming up and an actual off day, I think, next week um, with uh, with no games at all. So. I'm sure you'll uh I'm sure you'll be out, you know, on the golf course or in some cactus grove or something uh fi- you know finding I have something, big finding I have big plans for that day. Or actually hopefully writing your turning in your story for the special section. But uh And there it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to not only finish it that day, I'm going to start it that day, oh, that's, Jay. That's oh, great. I'm kidding. That's great. All right, well <laughs> Kevin, thanks. Uh, thanks as always. Thanks to everyone for uh, for listening, and we'll be back with you again next week. See you next week.